As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hello again, I'm Nurse Mom. Welcome back to The Straight, a nursing podcast where I teach nursing concepts and share tips on how to thrive in school and at the bedside. So whether you're a student or a working nurse, this one is for all y'all. And this one is about adenosine, one of the scariest drugs I've ever given in my life. Now, before we dive into this quick overview of adenosine, I want to take a minute for a quick listener shout out. And this one goes out to Amy, who listens to my other podcast called Study Sesh. And I will put a link in the episode notes to that. But here's what Amy says. Thank you so much, Nurse Mo. Study Sesh feels like a vital way to study. It forces me to use my recall of information and critical thinking without the option of choosing out of four answers. The drills are brilliant, again, forcing me to fully grasp the information. You will find me out on hikes looking like an orchestra conductor, moving my fingers in directions and shouting out answers to questions and fill in the blanks. It's the study buddy I dreamed of having to retain all of the information crucial to learning in nursing school. Thank you for your dedication to us learners. Amy, thank you so much for taking the time to let me know how much you love Study Sesh. That's exactly why I made it, to get you away from your desk so that you could study. So if you're interested in learning more about Study Sesh, which is my other podcast, go to the link in the episode notes and I will see you there. So if you've been listening to me for the last few weeks, you've probably noticed I sound a little weird. I have a cold. So this is the last podcast episode I'm recording as I'm coming out of this very horrible congestion. I really hope I sound normal for the next one because I recorded all this whole batch of six episodes all at the same time. So hopefully I'm feeling and sounding better soon. So today we're talking about adenosine. And like I said, I think it's one of the scariest drugs, but it's also one of the most amazing drugs I've ever administered as a nurse. We're going to go through this using the straight-A nursing drugs framework, D-R-R-U-G-S, and it starts with the letter D for drug class. So adenosine is in the therapeutic class of class 5 antiarrhythmics, which is kind of a miscellaneous group of antiarrhythmics that don't fit in with the four traditional classes. So to refresh your memory, class 1 are the sodium channel blockers, class 2 are the beta blockers, class 3 are the potassium channel blockers, class 4 are the calcium channel blockers, and then we have this miscellaneous class 5, which includes the arrhythmics adenosine and digoxin. So adenosine has a very rapid onset of action and a very short half-life of only 10 seconds. 
Now let's talk about the letter R, which is the routes of administration. It's easy. Adenosine is only available via IV route. It is given as a rapid IV push because its half-life is so, so short. So we got to push it really quickly. Its half-life, again, is only about 10 seconds. When given as a rapid IV push, adenosine causes a systole for about seven seconds before conduction resumes. And that, my friends, is why it is so terrifying. It can also be given as an infusion depending on the use. We're going to get to that in just a bit. The next R in our framework is regular dose range. And when following standard guidelines, such as those outlined in ACLS, adenosine is given as 6 milligrams for the first dose, and if needed, followed up by 12 milligrams, which can be repeated once. So 6, 12, 12. Now, smaller doses of 3 milligrams for that initial dose and 6 milligrams for the subsequent doses may be utilized in some cases. So if the adult patient is the recipient of a cardiac transplant, for example, the denervated post-transplant heart has an AV node that is three to five times more sensitive to adenosine. So we use a lower dose. Additionally, Studies show that because a central line gets the medication into circulation so much faster, smaller doses are currently recommended. And in fact, the standard dose, that 6-12-12 dose, can cause prolonged bradycardia and more severe side effects. A lower dose may also be needed in patients taking carbamazepine or dipyridamol. Concurrent use with the anticonvulsant medication carbamazepine can increase the risk of the patient going into a progressive heart block, and we definitely don't want that. Concurrent use with dipyridamol, an antiplatelet agent in vasodilator, increases the effects of the adenosine. Now, it's also sometimes used, and we'll talk about this in more detail in a moment when we get to uses, but it's also sometimes used to induce stress in a cardiac stress test. In that case, adenosine is weight-based and given as a steady infusion for six minutes instead of given as a rapid IV push. So now let's talk more about those uses. That is the next letter in the drugs framework, a U. So adenosine is utilized as both a diagnostic agent and a therapeutic agent. Therapeutically, it is used to treat supraventricular tachycardia, or SVT, which is a very fast, narrow, complex rhythm above 150 beats per minute. Adenosine exerts its action via purinergic adenosine receptors, which are located throughout the body, including the tissue of the cardiac AV node. Adenosine acts on receptors in the AV node, which significantly slows cardiac conduction. Now, it does this by driving potassium out of the cell and inhibiting the influx of calcium into the cell. So what this does is it disrupts the resting membrane potential of the cell and leads to a longer time needed for depolarization and therefore slower conduction, bringing the patient out of that SVT, that supraventricular tachycardia. 
So it could also be utilized diagnostically because that narrow complex tachycardia makes it really difficult to analyze the, uh, like the underlying rhythm because it is at such a high rate. Adenosine may sometimes be used to slow the heart rate enough to identify the underlying arrhythmia. But in the clinical setting, I've only ever used it for SVT. Another very common diagnostic use of adenosine is in a cardiac stress test like I mentioned earlier. This test evaluates myocardial perfusion in individuals who have coronary artery disease or suspected of coronary artery disease. Some patients will run on a treadmill to induce cardiac stress, while others will require pharmacologically induced stress. So in patients who require pharmacologically induced stress, we use adenosine. In addition to its ability to slow conduction at the AV node, adenosine also causes vasodilation. So when given in a cardiac stress test, adenosine causes stress on the heart by dilating the vessels, leading to something called coronary steel. In coronary steel, blood flow is essentially stolen from more narrow arteries in the heart and diverted to other blood vessels, which further intensifies ischemia for those areas of the heart, making them noticeable for diagnostic purposes. At a time when change is constant and we are pulled in far too many directions, we need a way to stay present to life and to increase our ability to remain calm, think clearly, and maintain our well-being. Many studies indicate mindfulness improves our mental, emotional, and physical health. On a Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee, you can learn how to practice mindfulness and enjoy its many benefits. Tune in for guided meditations and to hear tips and advice from some of the most respected experts in the fields of mental health and mindfulness. The world truly can be a better place. It all starts with a mindful moment. As I was researching for this episode, I also found a pretty interesting and off-label use for adenosine used as an aid when clipping cerebral aneurysms. So that very brief period of asystole that occurs. So remember, you give it IV push, a rapid IV push for SVT. The patient's going to have a period of asystole about seven seconds. So that brief period of asystole causes a brief period of hypotension And what happens is the aneurysm sac decompresses, making it easier for the surgeon to visualize and treat it. So that was pretty interesting as well. I also saw another study that discusses the use of inhaled adenosine to reduce inflammation and the onset of the cytokine storm in COVID-19 patients. And I'll put a link to that study in the episode notes because it's really interesting. Um, Overall, that study showed a reduction of length of stay by six days. So that's pretty significant. So I'll put a link to that in the episode notes. The next letter in the drugs framework is guidelines. We're going to look at administration guidelines, safety considerations, assessments, and drug-to-drug interactions. 
So when giving adenosine, if for some reason it's cold, it may have crystals have that have formed. So these have to be dissolved before the medication can be given, and they will dissolve once the medication gets to room temperature. Only clear solutions should be administered. Now, when giving it for SVT, remember, it's given as a rapid IV push over one to two seconds via a peripheral IV for that six milligram dose. You're going to choose the one that's closest to the trunk if you have multiple options. You'll flush with a rapid bolus of 20 mils normal saline to ensure the medication reaches systemic circulation quickly. If it is given too slowly, the effect could be just vasodilation, which is what happens with that cardiac stress test, right? And what would happen then is the heart rate may actually increase in response to the vasodilation. So give it fast, flush it fast. When given for that diagnostic testing with that cardiac stress test, again, the medication is given as a weight-based infusion over six minutes. What about safety considerations? Adenosine is contraindicated in second or third degree AV block and sick sinus syndrome. And what I saw generally as a consensus was unless the patient has a pacemaker in place. It is also avoided in myocardial ischemia and infarction. I saw a note that said unless being used as a diagnostic tool, so keep that in mind. It is also not to be used in those who are breastfeeding and should be used cautiously in pregnancy as its safety is not established. Because adenosine can cause bronchospasm in some patients, it is used very cautiously or not at all in individuals with asthma or COPD. And as with all medications, of course, it is avoided if the patient has a hypersensitivity reaction to adenosine. It is also not utilized for atrial fibrillation, atrial flutter, or ventricular tachycardia. In fact, I found as I was doing my research, using adenosine with polymorphic or irregular wide complex tachycardia can cause ventricular fibrillation and cardiac arrest. And in cases of a wide complex tachycardia where the underlying rhythm is atrial fibrillation, using adenosine can cause cardiac arrest. If the patient receiving adenosine has Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome, it's recommended a defibrillator be at the bedside in cases of rapid deterioration. And honestly, when I've given it at the bedside in the clinical setting, we've just brought the crash cart in um, because it's got the little monitor on it if, I w- if I'm not in, like, say, the ICU. But even then, have the crash cart there just in case, just for good luck. You know what I'm saying? Okay, now, because adenosine can cause significant hypotension the risk for this is going to be higher in patients who have hypovolemia, makes sense, right? Who have valve stenosis, who have pericardial effusion, pericarditis, and autonomic neuropathy. So be aware that significant hypotension can occur. All right, let's talk about some assessments with adenosine, part of your guidelines. All patients receiving adenosine will be on continuous cardiac monitoring. Watch for transient arrhythmias after that initial period of asystole. These usually only last a few seconds and typically include PVCs, PACs, sinus bradycardia, skipped beats, heart blocks, and sinus tachycardia. 
it's also a pretty good idea to measure the blood pressure before, during, and after therapy. You also monitor respiratory status as well and note that adenosine can cause that bronchospasm in patients who have a history of asthma and COPD. So be very careful, anyone with reactive airway disease, if they're getting adenosine. Now, what about drug-to-drug interactions? In addition to the two I mentioned before, carbamazepine and dipyridamol, I hope I said that right, adenosine interacts with theophylline, caffeine, and digoxin. Its effects are decreased by theophylline and caffeine, while concurrent use with digoxin increases the risk for ventricular fibrillation. This is why it's always so important to know what other medications your patient is taking. And then the final letter in the drugs framework is side effects. Some adverse effects of adenosine are typically short-lived, and why do you think that is? Because the medication has a very short duration of action. These include nausea, sweating, nervousness, flushing, lightheadedness, and a feeling of impending doom. I've heard patients state they feel like they've been kicked in the chest and they thought they might die. It's not a very pleasant medication to receive, but it is very effective for getting patients out of SVT. Note that adenosine can cause more serious cardiac-related effects, such as onset of a new cardiac arrhythmia, including AV block, atrial fibrillation, ventricular tachycardia, prolonged asystole, hello, cardiac ischemia, and premature contraction. So it's definitely not something to give lightly. If you're new to this medication and you're giving it, I would say get an experienced nurse there with you. If you're on the, maybe on the tele floor, get your charge nurse, call the rapid response nurse, maybe somebody who's done this many times. Have that crash cart nearby just in case, sometimes just for good luck, make sure the patient's on that continuous monitor and do all your assessments before and after. I hope this quick overview of adenosine helps you understand it better, maybe not be as terrified as I was when I had to give it for the first time, and I hope if it comes up on an exam, you absolutely crush it. I will see you next week, same time, same place. We're going to be diving into caring for patients with a splenectomy. See you then. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation, and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night.